We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Thursday, December the 3rd, 2020. On today's show, I break down Saturday's game. Gamecocks traveling to Kroger Field in Lexington, Kentucky to take on the Kentucky Wildcats for the season finale of the 2020 football season. Guys, I'll break down the Cats in their entirety, including top storylines, key matchups to watch, keys to the game, a lot to get into here on a Thursday as we break down the final game of the 2020 football season. Also, your listener questions as always, and we do have a fantastic interview. Former Gamecocks track and field and football player Bryce Sherman joined me for a fantastic interview. Awesome dude. You guys remember him, Sherm the Worm, the Shermanator, a ton of great nicknames, but he was a big part of South Carolina's 2010 football team that made it all the way to the SEC Championship. We talk about that much more here on a packed Thursday edition of the Spurs Up Show. Guys, so sit back, relax, enjoy. It's all brought to you by our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. Guys, Upstate Movers Group, superior moving service. They bring care and attention other companies can't offer because they're just too busy maintaining trucks and profiting off of them instead of focusing on service. Guys, service is what separates Upstate Movers Group from the competition. By the way, they're not a trucking company. They are a moving services company, and they're also employee-owned co-op. The movers are paid twice the industry average, and everyone on the crew is just as invested in the success of the project as you are. They have dedicated professional crew members and they offer black glove service. They offer end-to-end packing services, custom crating and packaging for special items and cleaning services as well. They are founded by Greenville Natives and University of South Carolina alumni guys. So a Gamecock-owned small business. They also offer 20 years of project management moving experience and they can offer logistics and solutions that traditional moving companies simply do not have the skills for. Guys, whether you're in the upstate or across the state of South Carolina, if you have any moving needs, And we all know when you move, you need the help because it's a pain in the butt, right? You lose things, you break things. You simply just don't want to do it. You need the helping hand. Give my friends over at Upstate Movers Group a a call. You can check them out on social media at Upstate Movers Group. And of course, their website, upstatemoversgroup.com. That is upstatemoversgroup.com. The show is also brought to you by our friends over at Southern Oaks Remodeling. Guys, locally and family-owned over 15 years of experience, they specialize in roofing, windows, doors, siding, and additions, and they're serving the greater Columbia area. Guys, now is the perfect time. If you've got a remodeling project in mind, it's the holiday season. This is the perfect excuse to go ahead and knock out that project you've been putting off. Also, by the way, Another Gamecock on a small business. Guys, we're all about Gamecocks helping Gamecocks here on the Spurs Up show. So, again, if you have any remodeling needs, and, again, they can do it all, roofing, windows, doors, siding, additions, whatever the project is, not too big or small for Southern Oaks Remodeling, you can check them out on social media. If you want to see some of their work, by the way, they're on Instagram, YouTube, 
Facebook, whatever. You can see their actual work. You can get an idea of the fantastic work Southern Oak Tree Modeling does. Also, of course, their website. Or give them a call with any questions if you want to estimate. If you just want to chat with them, why not? Hey, 803-899-0284. That's 803-899-0284. Give them a call and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Got a lot to get into here. The final game preview show of the 2020 regular football season, I should say, because we might have a bowl game. But the last game preview show of the regular season, guys, as we talk about the Kentucky Wildcats. Man, where did the 2020 football season go? I mean, it's crazy, guys, for me specifically, um, as far as creating content and kind of what we do, as you guys have seen, the schedule in season it is very much a schedule. It's very much scheduled out, right? You see the same type of content on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, all of that. And you have to do that, obviously, because there's so much going on. There has to be some sort of organization, correct? But it's crazy because as you're doing that, you know, as I'm doing that, you almost like it flies by. I'm telling you guys, these weeks just fly by and these games just fly by. And all of a sudden, hey, no matter how good, bad, or indifferent the season is, we all love South Carolina football. We all love college football. And we hate to see it go away. We're literally at the last game of the 2020 football season. Uh, how, how crazy that is. And again, I know some of you are saying, thank God, it's mercifully coming to an end. And hey, I know a lot of you right now are probably listening, sitting, I don't even care what happens on Saturday night. I just want to know, know who the next head coach is. But you know what? The boys get to strap it up one more time in the Garnet and Black. South Carolina has one more opportunity to get a win in the win column. And folks, that has me fired up. Here on a Thursday. Again, guys, hope you're all doing well. Hope you're having a fantastic week and a fantastic Thursday. Got a lot to get into, so let's go ahead and dive right into it. South Carolina taking on the Kentucky Wildcats. 7.30 kick on SEC Network in Lexington, Kentucky at Kroger Field. The Wildcats in this one, 11.5 point favorite. Over and are set at 47.5. The series history, South Carolina leads this one. 18-12-1. You feel like it should be a lot wider margin than that, but... The five-game losing streak to Kentucky certainly did not help. South Carolina able to snap that a year ago. Last time they met last year, of course, Gamecocks won that one big at home at Willie B, 24-7. to Now, they did play a Kentucky team that had not put Lynn Bowden at quarterback yet, but either way, the Gamecocks won that football game 24-7, to got the win, snapped the streak, all was well in Gamecock country. You take a look at Kentucky, their head coach, Mark Stoops, who we're all very, very familiar with. I think he's done a fantastic job in Lexington, really Getting the most out of his talent and getting the most, I think, out of Kentucky football. Obviously, he had that really stellar season. I think it was like two seasons ago, um, but he's done a really good job for them. They're three and six overall this year. And really, guys, the story for Kentucky, because I'm someone that, you know, I didn't come in this season thinking Kentucky was going to be like world beaters or anything or, or win the SEC East by any means, but they have been a train wreck this year, three and six overall. And the offensive side of the football, 
is really the story behind these cats. Scoring in 19.5 points per game, guys. And here's something even crazier. They're only averaging 115 yards passing per game. I mean, that is mind-blowing. That is baffling how bad that is. That's baffling. You take a look at Terry Wilson, their starting quarterback, averaging just 111 yards per game, has thrown seven touchdowns, but only 111 yards per game. Joey Gatewood, which you thought there was going to be a quarterback battle here. I thought Terry Wilson would win the job, but I thought Joey Gatewood would give Terry Wilson a run for his money. Just really has not panned out. Um, A guy that has thrown for 109 yards, um, hadn't thrown for a touchdown or anything. This has been Terry Wilson's job the entire season, and – you know, he's ran the football a decent clip. And again, we're going to talk about this more in detail in just a second. He's ran it a decent clip, but really, guys, the story with Kentucky has been the lack of offense. The lack of offense has killed this Kentucky team. So let's go ahead, dive into top storylines. My first storyline I mentioned at the beginning of the show, guys, again, I know fans are focused on the coaching search and really anything else other than this game. Because listen, as I know, it's it's been a very rough 2020 season, right? Most of us are ready for this season to mercifully come to an end. But you know what? The top storyline in this one is this. If you're the Gamecocks, you get one last hurrah. You, you get one last opportunity in the 2020 football season to go out, play your best football, put a win in the win column, and go into the offseason having something to feel good about. Or, hey, maybe you qualify for a bowl game. I know some of you scoff at that, but guess what? That is a reality for these 2020 Gamecocks because of the COVID stuff and everybody's eligible for a bowl or what have you. It is a reality for South Carolina. So you do have one last hurrah. You've got one last opportunity to go out there, represent the University of South Carolina. And I expect the Gamecocks to come out fired up, inspired, play hard, because, again, you know, any former athlete will tell you, Never take a game for granted. Because at one point, you know, this is something that uh, that Alex McGrath was talking about the other day. At some point, they're going to tell you you can't play the kids' game anymore. They're going to tell you you can't put on the helmet and the shoulder pad. So one last hurrah. I expect this team to be fired up on Saturday night and play with that intensity. Uh, next big storyline for me, the health of Shy Smith. You know, I was a guy, I thought Shy Smith was indefinitely 120% going to be out in this game. I I thought there was no chance he was going to play. Obviously, out last week against Georgia with the concussion stuff, beating concussion protocol, I thought for sure, no way Shai Smith is going to play. Well, Wednesday it comes out. Shai Smith practiced on Wednesday, still in non-contact, but Mike Boba believes all signs point to go for him on Saturday. So, hey, Shai Smith might be playing. That is something that is going to be very interesting to track as we get closer to kickoff because that's a big deal. I mean, that changes the entire dynamic of the offense. Even if Shai Smith is 90%, 95%, if he can just get on the field and provide, if nothing else, a decoy, because I expect the Gamecocks to pound the rock, absolutely pound the football. Um, but if you can have that outside weapon and give Luke Doty Somebody else to go to. You know, we saw it last week. And again, you're not taking on Georgia's defense yet again, but it's just such an advantage. We can and you can have a guy like Shai Smith on the outside to take some of the pressure off your young freshman quarterback. Um, I'll be interested to see again following that closely. Because again, I thought there was no chance Shai Smith would play. But you know what? I will say this: I tip my cap to Shai Smith because you know what? He could have easily opted out. He could have easily quit on this season. You know, he's had a fantastic year to this point, right? He could have easily said, you know what, taken his ball and went home and said, you know what, I'm good. I'm good. I'm playing in the Senior Bowl. I'm playing for the NFL. You know, he's already said he's going to leave, whatever, which is no no surprise to me at all. Um, you know, he's playing in the Senior Bowl. He's got that going on. He's, got, he's competing for the NFL. Whatever. He could have he easily just packed it up. 
And instead, Shai Smith is literally fighting to play in his last game, to play in his last regular season game, to play in this last game. That, to me, says a ton about the character of Shai Smith. So kudos to you, sir. Tip of the cap to Shai Smith, for sure. Uh, another top storyline for me, and I mentioned Luke Doty, your young freshman quarterback. This will be his second start, but his first road test as QB1. And again, I know it's COVID. You're not going to have a packed house. You're not going to have a crazy environment to go into. And even if you did, it's Kentucky. It's not like you're going into Neyland or Georgia or the Swamp or anything like that. But how does Luke Doty handle it? On the road, again, it's going to be different. You're not at the friendly confines anymore. How does Luke Doty play? South Carolina is going to need a an above-average performance from Luke Doty to win this football game. How does Luke Doty build, by the way, off of that first start? Because, again, it was not perfect, and he did not get a lot of help in a lot of different areas. And I, But I think there were some positives to take away and to build off of from that first start. What type of performance does Luke Doty give you this weekend on the road at Kroger Field? Another big storyline for me, and this is a really fun, intriguing conversation, I feel like, because I talked about – how bad Kentucky has been offensively. And they've been bad. I mean, you're scoring less than 20 points per game. You're averaging 115 passing yards per game, guys. And really the rushing, I mean, as far as team numbers, let's see. The, I don't think the rushing has been that much better. I mean, they're averaging 175 a game. So solid, but to be averaging only 115 passing, it's not great. They're averaging less than three hundred yards a game offensively it's wild but then you take a look at the South Carolina side of things the defensive side for South Carolina what gives right <laughs> what gives in this one is it the Gamecocks defense or the Kentucky office because something's got to give here either South Carolina's defense even with Ernest Jones out even with all the injuries even with the opt-outs Either they're about to go out and play their best, have their best game of the season, basically, or Kentucky's about to figure things out offensively. What gives in this football game? Is it the South Carolina defense or is it the Kentucky offense? Because, again, one of them's got to have a good night. You know what I mean? One of them has to have a good night. Will it be South Carolina? Will it be Kentucky? Another big storyline for me, the weather in this one, which shout out my guy SC Weather. You guys probably see him on Twitter all the time for those who are on Twitter. Dude loves the weather. My, my guy loves the weather. He loves the snow, by the way. Loves the cold weather. See, I'm more of a summer guy. I'm not a big winter guy. I'm a summer guy. I like the heat. I like to sweat a little bit. I like to go to the pool, the beach, all that. But hey, if you like snow and you like cold, this one just might be the game for you. You take a look at this game on Saturday, and again, that's how you know what type of teams are playing in a football game. When weather is one of the lead storylines, guys, and I hate to say that, but you know, the, the weather's something to watch this weekend. Why not? I'm, I'm pulling it up right now on the Weather Channel app. What is the weather going to be Saturday night in Lexington, Kentucky? Let's see. Let's see. High of 39 with a low of 25. It doesn't look like there's going to be snow, but it is going to be a cold one Saturday night in Lexington. How does South Carolina handle that? Again, it's a mental block. It's adversity. It's mental adversity. How does South Carolina handle by far the coldest environment they've played in all season. Be very interesting to see. Uh, another storyline for me, again, I said this earlier. I know you guys scoff at it, but, you know, there's something on the line in this football game for South Carolina because I, for one, you know, we talked about this earlier this week, and, again, you guys say, oh, whatever, like, laugh it off. I'd like to see South Carolina go to a bowl game. I, like, I would honestly love to see them go to a bowl game for many different reasons. 
Number one, getting guys like Luke Doty, Kevin Harris, the youngsters on defense, youngsters on the line of scrimmage, getting them as many game day reps as possible. Guys, you can't simulate game day reps in practice. Getting them those extra practices too. And another reason I love bowl games selfishly is I'd love to make more content and talk about the Gamecocks playing the game. So winning this game, I think, will be very, very important getting to a bowl game because it's hard for me to imagine. Again, I know everyone is eligible, but there's a limited number of slots. It's hard for me to imagine that a 2-8 and eight South Carolina gets into a bowl game. Hell, a 3-7 and seven South Carolina might not get in. But you know what? 3-7 and seven is better than 2-8. and eight. So I think there is something... Something on the line for South Carolina when they take on Kentucky Saturday night. Final storyline, guys, for me. And again, we, we can't go throughout any show anymore without talking about the coaching search. The coaching search rages on. The rumors continue to swirl, guys, from things I'm hearing. It sounds like South Carolina is going to have a follow-up meeting with Billy Napier this weekend. What does that mean for the Gamecocks? What does that mean for the coaching search? From everything I'd heard, it sounded like the Gamecocks wanted to have a name picked by Friday, make the announcement early next week. I've still got my money on Shane Beamer. Could it be Billy Napier? Who knows at this point? But that'll just be something to follow, right? The rumors will continue to swirl. We're going to continue to hear things, I'm sure, as we go into Saturday, when we go in the game and all that stuff. Does something leak during the game? Who knows? Should be a lot of fun, though. But the coaching search, indeed, rages on as we go into this final game week of the 2020 football season. All right, let's dive into the key matchups to watch, guys. Key matchups to watch for Saturday night, and it's brought to you by our friends over at Yardware. Guys, Yardware is a veteran-owned and operating company licensed by the University of South Carolina, selling must-have Carolina yard and wall signs. Guys, these signs are made out of 12-gauge laser-cut steel, and they come in both garnet and black. Guys, the football season's about to close, but College basketball is here. We got sports galore. Gamecock sports, you know they never stop. Christmas is right around the corner, guys, literally in three weeks. Christmas is coming up. You better do your Christmas shopping. Order your sign today at YardwareSigns.com. They're also on social media at YardwareSigns, guys. This is a must-have gift for any Gamecock fan in your life. Guys, I have mine in my studio. The detail, the quality are what really stand out. These things are absolutely awesome. You can put them anywhere, your yard, your studio, your office, your man cave, your your living room, dining room, it's a fantastic piece. Like, seriously, people think, I've had people ask me, oh, are they plastic? Do they glow in the dark? Somebody asked. No, this is legitimate, like, metal. These things are really, really nice. And the great thing is, too, guys, they're not going to break the bank. They're only $34.95. You, you, you cannot get a better deal on a nicer piece for someone than this. Hey, we're all going to Christmas parties, too. If you know a Gamecock fan, you're like, oh, my God, I got to go Christmas shopping for them. This is it. This is the gift. So, again, that's our friends at Yardware Signs. Check them out on social media at Yardware Signs. And, of course, their website to order your sign today, YardwareSigns.com. That is YardwareSigns.com. All right, let's dive into key matches to watch. And we're going to start at the running back position. Because, again, you know what's so funny? I just went through the entire storylines, right? I went through all the top storylines. And I didn't mention the storyline that I probably should have mentioned first. And I think it's because I put it here. So, guys, I do apologize for that if you were sitting there wanting the entire show. Chris, are you not going to talk about Kevin Harris's pursuit for 1,000? Yes, I am. My first key matchup of the game, running back Kevin Harris against linebacker Jameen Davis. Davis, their leading tackler, 79 total tackles, the inside linebacker for them. And, of course, like I said, guys, my apologies. I should have mentioned this. Off the jump, Kevin Harris fighting for 1,000 yards, I believe he's about 75 yards away. Will he hit the number on Saturday night? I, I think he will. He's obviously going to have the opportunity. I think South Carolina is going to run the football a ton. And if they're going to have any, any chance in this game, 
Kevin Harris is going to have to hit that 1,000-yard mark. Kevin Harris is going to have to have a fantastic game for South Carolina and help out his true freshman quarterback. So, again, running back Kevin Harris against linebacker Jameen Davis, a big matchup to watch in this football game. My second key matchup to watch, we're going to the line of scrimmage for South Carolina. Defensive lineman Zach Pickens against running back Chris Rodriguez. Guys, this South Carolina defense – is looking for playmakers right now. And Zach Pickens is one of the few guys, and you look at that defense, you say, oh, we've still got one of our league guys, one of our ballers out there. Rodriguez for Kentucky, which I was very surprised with Kentucky because they came into this season with Cavassier Smoke. They came in this season with Asim Rose. Neither one of those guys leading the way rushing. It is Chris Rodriguez. 568, or excuse me, 562 yards, 6.4 yards per carry, and six touchdowns for Kentucky. He's averaging 80 yards per game on the ground for them, leading the way for the Wildcats. you got to slow the run. You've got to slow the run. We all know the story again behind Kentucky. They're averaging just 115 passing yards per game. Load the box. Make a guy like Terry Wilson beat you through the air. Bottom line, tip your cap to him if he can do it. And I know you've got issues in the secondary, guys, but 115 passing yards per game. Make Terry Wilson beat you in the air. And again, Zach Pickens will go a long way in that defensive lineman, Zach Pickens, against running back Chris Rodriguez. Can Zach win that battle in the trenches? Going to be big on Saturday night. Finally, my final key matchup of the game. And again, this is a guy that we talked about last week, got the game ball for offense last week. But I think he's going to be Luke Doty's favorite target yet again. And that's tight end Nick Muse against safety Yusuf Corker. Corker second on the team in tackles for Kentucky. We all know what Nick Muse did last week. And again, we talked about the status of Shai Smith. Is he going to be ready to go? Is he going to be ready to play? I'm still very skeptical that Shai is going to risk it. I'll be totally honest. I just, when you're dealing with concussions and concussion protocol, and I, I just don't know. I mean, I hope he's ready to go. I hope he plays, but I, I'm not banking on it at this point necessarily. But Nick Muse, a guy that really came on the scene last week, is a really, really nice player for you, especially in the middle of the field and the, on those seam routes and Luke Doty, I mean, whatever the connection was, man, it worked out well for South Carolina last week. So, again, Yusuf Corker at the safety position, second on the team in tackles, very physical safety back there. And I expect that'll be one of the many guys Nick Muse will match up against. So, again, getting Nick Muse going, tight end Nick Muse against Yusuf Corker of Kentucky, a big one to watch as South Carolina takes on Kentucky Saturday night. All right, let's get into the keys to the game, guys. Keys the game for Saturday night's game against Kentucky. And it's brought to you by our friends over at my bookie. Guys, my bookie between the NFL, college football, college basketball, and more. There's no shortage of games to watch. And with thousands of lines available in all your favorite sports and events, you can turn your game day into payday with my bookie. Now, if you're the type of person that likes to back the big favorites, consider putting a couple in a parlay for a much bigger payout. Guys, not only do parlays make meaningless games exciting, but more importantly, they give you a chance to turn ordinary bets into a real moneymaker. And guys, of course, don't forget the underdogs. They have a ton of value. The thing about the NFL and college basketball and college football, really sports in general, the dogs never really are dogs, right? Every team truly has a chance to win, and you do as well. Game spreads, championship futures, and player prop bets, it's never too late to get on the action and start turning your sports knowledge into actual cash in your wallet. Guys, you can sign up today at mybookie.ag, and when you do, use the promo code GAMECOCKS to claim a deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up to 1000 bucks. Guys, it's a win-win. It's a no-brainer. It's a bonus designed to give you a little help and a head start in your winning season. Again, that's promo code GAMECOCKS. Promo code GAMECOCKS. You to claim your bonus when you make your deposit. Stacked UFC cards, college basketball, college football, NFL, 
all the major sports and more. Sign up today to begin your winning season exclusively at my bookie. All right, guys, let's dive into the keys to the game. And you guys might get on me for this first one, by the way, because I've said this many times this season, but you know what? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And it's the key for South Carolina every time they take the field. Ride the bus. Ride the bus. Get Kevin Harris to 1,000 yards and beyond. Get him going. You need a guy like Kevin Harris to have 150-plus on Saturday. And again, Deshaun Fenwick going to be out for this game. Your running back depth's a little thin right now. You've got Kevin and there's a Quandre White, who ran the football well the other night, I will say. But this is going to be the Kevin Harris show on Saturday night. Ride the bus. Get Kevin Harris going in this football game. You've got to, I think, to have a chance to go on the road and steal a win in the SEC. My second key to the game here. I was shocked at how bad the offensive line play was last week. I mean, it it was bad. I mean, there's no other way to put it. It was very, very bad. And I understand Georgia, the defensive line, the type of guys they have, they're all those four or five-star guys. I understand what you were going up against, okay? But... If you're South Carolina, you got a true freshman quarterback, you know you're going to try to run the football, you know you're going to establish the run, okay? But you got to give Luke Doty a little bit of time. You got to give Luke Doty a little bit of help. And that's my second key to the game is give Luke Doty time. He's got to have time back there in the pocket. I just don't see this South Carolina offense, again, especially with the limited weapons on the outside, I just don't see them moving the football if Luke Doty is under duress all night. Because, again, he is a true freshman. He's going to make freshman mistakes at some point. And if he's getting pressure on him all night, it's only going to accelerate that process. So, again, you got a true freshman back there. Give your guy some time. Let him make plays for you when there is pressure. We know he'll scramble, get 8, 10, 15 yards. We understand the type of guy he is, but give him time to throw. You're going to have to throw the football in this game as well. You can't just be one-dimensional. You got to be able to throw the football. Give Luke Doty time to throw offensive line. My final key to the game, and this one, is very literal, but also a figurative. And my final key to the game is this. Weather the storm. Weather the storm. Whether that be figuratively or literally. Literally in the sense of it being really, really cold, and it may snow, I doubt it, but being mentally tough, overcoming the adversity as far as the weather's concerned, whatever. But also figuratively, again, guys, A tumultuous 2020 season is finally coming to an end. And I'm sure there's a lot of, believe it or not, players, coaches. I know there's fans, just people within South Carolina. They're like, thank God this season is about to be over. But you can't let that creep in on game day. Again, South Carolina has the opportunity one more time, one more time to get a W and to put a W in the win column. And again, are you a double-digit underdog? Sure. Sure you are. Yeah. But who gives a damn? Going on the road, never know what can happen. True freshman quarterback, weather the storm. Don't let the negativity, don't let the the turmoil creep into your mindset and your mind. Play the friend, play the brand of football you know you can play. Come together, play for the name on the front of the jersey, not the back. Come out intense, fired up, play like it's your last game of the season, and let the chips fall where they may. So again, my keys to the game: ride the bus, give Doty time, and weather the storm. Guys, that's my preview on the Kentucky Wildcats. I will have my prediction. On tomorrow's show, can South Carolina close out their 2020 season with a win over Kentucky? I will answer that question tomorrow. All right, let's go to your listener questions really, really quickly. Doran 26 says, if Beamer is hired, who might he bring in, his, bring in as his OC and DC coordinator? Well, the rumors right now are OC Garrett Riley, which would be a fantastic hire. I think that'd be a home run in my opinion. DC is where it gets tricky. 
we've heard the names Charlie Strong, Bud Foster. People have said Ellis Johnson, which I don't think would ever happen. But I'm not 110% sure on the D.C. side of things. But O.C., I think, would be Garrett Riley, and I think that'd be a home run hire. So who knows? We'll see. Um, Ryland underscore nine. What is one thing you hope for on Saturday night, energy effort-wise, in a realistic Doty stat line? Yeah, I mean, I just want to see the guys play hard, man. I want to see the guys ball out and go balls to the wall for four quarters. You know what? Again, play your ass off. And I think if South Carolina does that, this will be a competitive football game. I, I you know, I was shocked when the uh, when the spread came out. Was shocked that South Carolina was a double-digit underdog. I mean, listen, I understand you're going on the road. It's been a tumultuous year. You got a true freshman quarterback. Hell, you're, you're depleted as all get out on defense. But Kentucky's been a train wreck, man. Let's not pretend like South Carolina's playing Georgia again, okay? So, you know, go out there, play your tails off, let the chips fall where they may. And a, a Doty stat line, I'd like to see Doty get loose a little bit. Um, I think he's a kid. Listen, the, the secondary is the strength of their defense. So if he can throw for 200, I think that'd be an awesome stat line through the air. Rushing for 50 or 60, um, I, I think that'd be awesome. So I, I would love that stat line for Luke Doty. Protect the football. That'll be the biggest thing for Luke Doty. Just protect the football. Um, Rylan also asked again, would you want our in-state or out-of-state recruiting to get better in predictions for 2022? Um, I mean, I want them both to get better. It's kind of tough to answer because I, I don't want one to suffer. You know, both are important. You need to keep in-state guys home for obvious reasons, and you need to get blue chippers for obvious reasons. Predictions for 2022, man. Let, let's get through 2020 and get to 2021 first. Uh, 2021, though, I think South Carolina will make a bowl game. I, I do. I, I think they'll make a bowl game. I think that's very realistic expectations. Uh, D. Boosh underscore. How's the backfield going to look next year with Harris, who should remain RB1, and Lloyd? I think it's going to look really, really good. Um, no matter who RB1 is, whether it's Lloyd, whether it's Harris, I think it's going to be a 1A, 1B. I think it's going to be one of the best backfields in the entire SEC. Very excited. Uh, TGH underscore three. Why is no one talking about what is going on with Green and why he hasn't returned? I think he's just hurt, man. I, I, there's nothing to talk about. He's just hurt. Gerard Green is just hurt. So, here's what it is. Um, Dirty Rice. Does Carolina deserve to be in a bowl? Who gives a damn they deserve it? Let's get in a bowl. <laughs> who gives a damn? Get in a bowl. Uh, Jack dot dancer, Chris plant the seed out there that DJ should coach defensive backs. I've seen this a lot, guys. DJ is still playing DJ Swearinger. He's still playing. So I don't know if DJ Swearinger wants to retire early to come coach defensive backs in college. I highly doubt it, but Hey, one day I'd love to see that. And then finally, Jay painter 71. If we hire a coach now, is he allowed to coach bowl practices? I don't think that's how it will go. I think they'll let this staff, I don't know, though. I really don't know. I think they'll let this staff finish it out, though. I do. So, we'll see what happens. Honestly, that, that's a great question. I'm not 110% sure. But, uh, yeah, I think we're all ready to find out who the next head football coach is, right? We're, we're, we're all ready for that. So, um, again, guys, appreciate the listener questions. Appreciate you all tuning in, as always, guys. Now, sit back. We've, we've got a fantastic interview, by the way. Don't go anywhere. Former Gamecock speedster Bryce Sherman. Now, Bryce with a very interesting career you're going to hear about in just a second. But, Got to South Carolina as a track guy, walk on to the football team, and all of a sudden, he becomes a big-time contributor in special teams. I know we all remember Bryce Sherman. Again, Sherm the Worm, the Shermanator, little five-foot-four dude out there running a freaking 4 2 whatever it was. Fantastic conversation, though. Bryce Sherman, a great dude. 
Really appreciate him taking the time, guys. So enjoy the interview. And again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for all the love, support. Like you heard yesterday, we had a record-setting month in November, in case you missed it. I'm looking forward to even bigger and better in December and definitely 2021 and beyond, guys. I'm so fired up for where the business is right now, how things are going, where the content is. I just, I'm so excited because we continue to get better each and every single day. And you guys are a big reason. You guys are a big part of that. All of your support, your love, it keeps us going. So thank you guys so, so much. And again, just a reminder, I will give my prediction for the game on Saturday on tomorrow's show. So you guys stay tuned for that. Again, guys, thank you so much for the love, support. Appreciate you tuning in. Now, enjoy this interview with former game basketball player, Bryce Sherman. All right, joining us today on the Spurs Up show is a man that played for Gamecocks football 2009 and 2010. He was at the University of South Carolina from 2008 to 2012. Started his career at South Carolina on track and field, but on the football field, 59 returns in total, 1,215 yards, 20.6 yards per return, was a speedster, was electric with the football in his hand for the Gamecocks. And I know you guys remember him from South Carolina's run to the SEC title in 2010. I'm very pleased to be joined by former Gamecock speedster Bryce Sherman. Bryce, appreciate you taking the time, man. It's a pleasure to have you on. Oh, no doubt. Appreciate you having me. Uh, thank you for reaching out to me and definitely want to, you know what I'm saying, answer any questions you got and just talk to you about my USC career and and, and positives going forward with uh, USC Gamecocks. Yeah, well, let's start, Bryce, obviously, from the beginning because, you know, I asked most guys, you know, what was the recruitment like? And I know it was probably very different for you because you came yeah. to South Carolina on a track scholarship. Um, I'm, I'm not sure where football was in your mind if you were thinking about playing football, but your guy – from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, went to Carver High School. And I was taking a look. You picked Carolina over Virginia Tech, Western Carolina, Clemson, Michigan, amongst the host of others. <clears throat> I mean, you ran a 10.5, one in the 100-meter, 21.4 in the 200. Uh, you were fast, my friend, putting it putting it lightly. Um, just talk about what the recruiting process was like for you. Obviously, you did the whole track and field thing starting out, and I'm sure you kind of thought that's where your future would lie. Little did you know you'd be on the football field. But uh, talk about why South Carolina, why you chose to become a Gamecock. Uh, so basically out of high school, um, when I ran those times, actually my junior year, I ran 10, 5, 21, 4, my junior year. And obviously going into my senior year, I'm like, you know, I'm trying to go down even lower. Mm -hmm. So I think out of my junior year, I was ranked like number two or three in the country for juniors. Mm -hmm. And my senior going in, obviously was one of the top ranked seniors, uh, in the, uh, United States of America, whatever like right. that, the country. So I was like, okay, I know it's gonna have a good track gear, but I ended up breaking my ankle playing football my senior year. So my senior track just never happened. I did get to run like two meets, but it was just terrible. My times kind of got slow. But um, God will, I still had all my scholarship offers. I had about 60 D1 offers for track um, at the schools you mentioned, a lot of uh, SEC schools, ACC schools, uh, Florida's, Michigan. I had a lot of D1s um, for track now for football i had a few offers d1 the majors was like uh wake forest georgia tech navy academy a lot of those option type schools they had western carolina but uh for d1 i had wake forest uh georgia tech navy academy uh, i mean things of that nature so um i was like you know i did want to go at the time the sec was at the top of the top coming out when i was in high school the sec was the big time schools everybody wanted to go to and i was just like you know i want to go play the best of the best so um that's what i was like well i I didn't get a scholarship for the SEC for football. So I was like, you know what? Let's just try to track. Let's go track, go to SEC school. And then I'm going to ask the coach, whoever I decide to, I'm going to ask the coach, will they allow me to play football? So that was my judgment. So my dad talked to my dad about it. He said, all right, let's go to SEC offer. Right. 
SC offer for track and then just tell them, hey, listen, once you sign, if, if you allow me to sign there, can I play football? And that's what I did. And Coach Fry was the head coach um, at the time. He was like, yeah, what I'll do is he said, you got to give me one year of track and then your sophomore year, you can do both. But I need one full year commitment to me. And I was like, all right, that sounds good. So um, that's when I went to USC. I chose USC with the uh, intentions of running track one year and then actually trying to join the football team my sophomore year. How was that freshman year? I'll ask you. Obviously, again, you were a speedster and you were coming off that injury, it sounds like. What, what was that freshman year like for you running track? <laughs> it wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. <laughs> like, you know, I, I, I thought maybe um, – because I didn't get to run too many meets my senior. I, I broke my ankle. I had surgery and everything, so I broke my ankle. Uh, and then I remember Coach Fry was just telling me, you know, when we come in, they'll rehab it and do a lot of stuff where I didn't get to do in high school, you know, stuff like that. So um, my rehab got ready and my time started dropping a little bit, but I never got back to that time that um, my junior year time. I never got back to it. So being in the SEC, obviously not just football, track is super fast. Uh, I mean, super fast. And there's Back then, it had, like, some trending holidays. We did a run against the ACC schools when they had, like, C.J. Spiller and, and all them eyes, and they were super mm. fast as well. So that freshman year, it, it was tough. It was tough. Mm. It wasn't winning at all. <laughs> I was literally going from winning state championships, winning national meets, to literally losing in practice. Um, right. uh, it was just a big shock, a uh, big culture shock, So and everything to me. So that's what happened, um, and it, it wasn't good at all. It wasn't good at all. I was getting beat <laughs> left and right left and right so yeah mm. so going in 2009 fall 2009 Bryce when you joined the football team um just talk about that conversation with Steve Spurrier obviously again coach Spurrier was building up what you know culminated obviously in 2010 and beyond um building up that program you joined the team fall of 2009 as a walk-on just kind of talk about how that process went along did you go to like an open tryout was there conversations with coach Spurrier or what were those conversations like just kind of just talk about that whole process as far as joining the South Carolina football team Right. Well, it was really weird. So obviously I knew being that I ran track, we were in the quads right beside um, the football players. So I've seen a lot of football players um, and I used to hang out with most. The only football player I kind of really knew mostly was I knew Lonzo because he went to school with me. Mm. But when I first got to school, I was really hanging out with uh, Melvin Ingram. We just was really just every day was hanging together. Like I know it's a weird combination, but we hung together every day. And um, I remember um, I first started telling him about football. He was like, just go ahead out there and see what you can do. But I had a highlight tape. And I was like, before I walk out there, I want them to kind of know and what's going on. So I kind of started getting cool with all the football players. But then I started getting cool with Eric Norwood. I don't really know how we got cool, but we started getting cool. I was like, hey, Wood, <laughs> hey, take this tape down there. I mean, you the, you the superstar. So yeah. <laughs> take this tape down there. You know, I was like, the big dog, take this tape down there give it to the coaches and just, you know, see what they see. So he was like, all right, I got you. And I, every, like, week or so, I see him, like, well, did you do it? He was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I guess he finally did it. And he was like, yo, I finally did it. I just – they might call you and they might not and go from there. So I was like, all right, that's the best. So I waited a little bit. And then, luckily, Coach Beamer uh, – I guess he gave it to Coach Beamer. Mm. Coach Beamer seen the tape. And then Coach Beamer was like, you know what? Uh, a senior highlight tape, you're really good. You know what I'm saying? Definitely want to see you come out, see what you got, and go from there. So I think he um, – I think at the time – I don't even know if he's there. Jamie Speronis was out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's over, like, the player personnel or something like that. And then I, I got a call from Speronis and was like, hey, they're having to open a tryout. Um, they just want to see me go catch a few uh, passes in the stadium and, and catch a few punts and just see what I can do. And that's how I started. So I went out there and did that. And it was like, you know what? 
we can see you, you know what I'm saying, working out. So you can come out to the first practice that we had in the summertime and lifting weights and just walk on and go from there. And and that's what I did. Um, I really had no intentions because I, I was done with track at that too at the mm. time. So um, so stopped it with my old coach. He didn't even renew my scholarship based off of, I, 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 it was based on a lot of stuff. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people, I think in the media was saying I did something bad. I really didn't mm. do anything bad. I wasn't arrested or anything right. like that. It's just I broke my ankle my senior year, and my times were just not the same. But I still right. was football. I could, knew I could still do football, but my time on the track was not the same. So I actually had my intentions going into that football season um, to actually transfer out in January. I was uh, That summer, I was kind of in contact with Georgia Tech. Um, I called Wake Forest, but they could not get me in August. So they was like, uh, we can get you in January, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying, but we can't get you in right now August. So I was like, all right, I'm going to just play football here at South Carolina. Just walk on, get some reps, maybe just scouting. I had no intentions it was going to go how it was going to go. Mm. So I was like, let me just get my body right, lift weights, so I can get ready and transfer out to one of those schools in January. And I was going to just go to either Wake Forest or Georgia Tech mm. at the time. Right. And then next thing you know, just the ball started rumbling. It just started picking up steam. And, mm. and I remember, like, we was just practicing. I think Coach Bird was like, he, he did something – because I don't think the coaches were allowed, but he seen me. He was like, uh, I'm hearing good things about you. Just keep working. You know, he got his, little, mm. his voice that he's like, I'm hearing good things about you. You know, keep working. <laughs> I was like, wow. So I called my dad. I was like, Coach Spurry, talk to me. <laughs> I was like, Coach Spurry, see me and talk to me. Mm. So he's hearing things about me. Keep up the good work. And I was thinking in my head, like, man, like, I might, you know, if things go really good, I'll stay here. But my whole intention was to actually get out of there and to go to Wake Forest or, or Georgia Tech to play football in mm. January. So, and as you know, just the ball got moving and stuff like that, started doing stuff and, and things happened and mm. for my favor and, and worked out pretty well. You, you mentioned Coach Spurrier, just switching gears a little bit. I know he always had a nickname for different – like he, he never called anybody by their actual name. And I, I was reading an article from like 2010 or something. It was mentioned the Shermanator, Sherm the Worm. Like what, what, what did Coach Spurrier call you? Did he have anything like interesting he, he would – Refer to he, you he as called me, he called me Sherman. <laughs> he called me Sherman. <laughs> he just called me Sherman. So a lot of the the media and then like fans they'll call me Shermanator things yeah. like Sherman. Made up the nicknames. You had, you had some good yeah, nicknames. Yeah. yeah, but Coach Spur himself, he called me Sherman. He'd be like, Hey Sherman, how you doing today? <laughs> so what what so, position yeah. did you play in high school? Were you wide receiver or tailback or I played strictly tailback. Okay. Strictly running back in high school. Um that's all I did. So when I yeah. actually went out to football they kind of stuck me in receiver, mm-hmm. and I was not feeling it at all. And I don't even know. I think I told the coach, um, or I think I forgot who it was. I was like, man, I can't do this, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't do this. Can y'all just put me on the – I told him, like, can you put me on the scout team running back or something? Like, I cannot play receiver. Like, that's not mm-hmm. what I want to do. It's not natural. And I don't know how I talked the men to actually let me go to running back, but after they sent me to running back, it was like, oh, yeah, you're a running back. Mm-hmm. You stay from there. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's how that played out. So. For sure. Well, obviously, you made your biggest impact for South Carolina, like I said, on the special team side of thing. And like you said, I mean, you got on campus or you got on the team and the ball started rolling. I mean, you had 24 returns in 2009, 35 in 2010. Your guy averaging over 20 yards per return. I mean, you were explosive in the return game. How did that come about? Because obviously, I mean, you think of it now and you're like, <clears throat> it's it's a no-brainer with your speed that you should be a guy back there, obviously taking the football and see what you can do with it. But uh, I guess just how did that all come about that you were one of the lead guys to uh, or lead candidates to be a, a return specialist for South Carolina? 
So basically, um, I was super shocked to even the, like the travel squad. So everything was going on, like the I think the pregame, the scrimmages, and everything like that was going on. And I was doing good. I was doing mm-hmm. good. Everything was going good. So I then the fifty three man roster came out, and and they had me. Can you wait one second? I'm calling the one yeah, second. Yeah. Hey Nick, open the door for him. Nick, Nick, open the door. Open the door. Open the door. I'm sorry about that. Like, no, you're fine. Okay, no, you're good. Hey, Sean, let him do it for now, okay, Sean? Oh, wait one second. All right, I'm back now. Oh, you're good. Right. You're good. So, yeah, so how that all went down, like, again, I was super – they had to put out a little paper. It was like, hey, guys, um, this is going to be the travel squad. And I seen my name and I was like, what in the world? Like, what I'm doing? Like, this is real now. This is real. And I called my dad and I called my dad like, dad, they, they actually going to travel me. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking I'm just out here getting reps to get ready to transfer out. And they put me out there. Um, and then that's why I started my special teams. But at the time, the starting kit return was uh, Chris Culliver. And right. Chris Culliver was in front of me, so I was behind him. But I was on a punt block and, and punt return, things like that. So um, that's what happened at the time. And oh, I'm sorry. Is that somebody? Okay, <gasps> hey, wait, 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 I'm so sorry. I got no, you're good. You're good. You're good. Yeah. 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 I got child kids. I got parents. No, yeah, you're good. Hey, I get it. You're good. No, it's all good. Hey, guys, y'all come on here and wash your hands real quick. Uh, wash your hands. I'll check your stuff. I'm on a Zoom meeting right now, so just sit anywhere right now, and I'll get you sorted. Yeah, yeah, you go to back. Yeah, so I'm back now. So yeah, so that was cool. Chris Culliver was in front of me at the time, and then um, he had me on punt return and things of that nature. So mm-hmm. did that. I think what happened. I don't know. It's my freshman year, or my sophomore year, but something happened with like I think Chris Culliver and like Wesley Saunders. Some NCAA thing happened. Right, right, right. Um, I think I don't know. I think it was I forgot what it's about. The Whitney Hotel thing, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what it was. It was yeah. like a hotel or something like that. So yeah. it kind of messed up. So I think Spur at the time we had a really good shot. Spur was like, he's not gonna risk playing these guys. So mm. he was like, I mean, it was my time up, and I'm looking like, <laughs> are you serious? Like, like I'm really about to be out here, out here, out here. Mm. And and that's how I started and go from there. And I think from there, I think from there, um, Coach Furry put me in, and then I took on those duties from there. So, yeah. Yeah. How, how did you like it? I mean, being an SEC football player, like I said, you didn't even expect to make the team, and now you're, you know, 80,000 people. You're on national TV. I mean, it, I'm sure that had to be a wild experience. It, it definitely was. I actually um, – our first game, my first college game was obviously versus – it was NC State, and we mm. played at NC State. So, I was shocked at NC State. And right. I remember I was telling the players um, – First of all, I was super shocked that we flew. Mm. That was that was major. <laughs> like, first of all, I think I probably flew like out of play like maybe once or twice to Disney World when I was a little kid. But mm. I was super shocked that North Carolina, South Carolina is right there, and we flew. And and then seeing the police escorts, this right. was just uh, like I was like, wow. Like, what do we have police escorts for? Why are they shutting down the traffic for us? Like, is it that serious? So then we went to NC State. We played. I think Russell Wilson was their quarterback that mm. year. And the fans were going crazy. It was like a whiteout or something like that. But I was remember talking to the players like, man, this is a this is a big stadium. Like, like I've never seen this before. And they was like, 
I think I forgot who it was. One of the line was like, Sharon, this this is nothing. You know, this is an ACC school at the time. You know what I'm saying? It was like, it's not a lot. He was like, we played Georgia the next week. And he was like, just wait till you go to Georgia next week. I mean, it's double this. It's like yeah. crazy. And I was like, really? I was like, can't be louder than this. And next thing you know, we went to Georgia. Um, and then we played them. It was it was it was loud down there. Um <laughs> And just being in those stadiums is, is very coming from Carver High School. It was it was wild playing on mm-hmm. TV. Uh, my parents get to watch me. Um, it, it was a really really great experience um, that I enjoyed um, going to those stadiums. Very loud stadiums, very mm-hmm. big stadiums, stuff like that. Um, so I enjoyed the whole process. Um, uh, something I will, I will never forget. I always remember those times and 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 cherish those moments when I was at these different stadiums with my teammates and walking with. Yeah, for sure. I, I was going to say, too, just to mention, 2009, you didn't just make an impact on special teams. You actually had a big play against Arkansas, 48-yard pass reception against them. Um, just, just if you want to talk about that really briefly, again, I, like I said, I, I know you just sort of touched on it, but going from running track, not even sure you're going to play football, not even expecting to make the team, to you're literally making big plays in SEC games. Like, you're not just on the team. You were making impact plays for South Carolina. And, again, you get the chance to catch a pass and 48-yard gain against Arkansas – um, which was your only catch of the season, but you made it count. You made it count. So. Right. Yes. Yeah, so good. Hey, a good yeah. catch average. That was a pretty good catch average. Forty-eight <laughs> well, yards. Got, pretty so solid. Spurrier leading up to that, I was doing every time I touched the ball, like it was, I was gaining like fifteen to twenty yards, but it'd be like one time a game or something right. like that. And Spurrier tell me like, listen, um, he he always said like, um, I got to get you the ball. You say you're averaging about 15, 20 yards of carry. It's only one carry, but I got to see what you can do. Um, and I remember my first actual, my first carry came in the second game. And I knew over the time, like, Spurrier Carter started building a little trust in me. And um, I remember, no lie, I remember, like, as a, my second season, every player's Georgia, the second game, Coach Spurrier put me in the first quarter at, at, at running back. And I was like, he told me to stay beside before the game. Just stay beside. I'm about to put you in early. I just need to see what you can do. And I'm looking like, are you serious? He was dead serious. And I remember Coach Graham was the running back coach. Mm-hmm. And he, t- he pulled me to the side. He said, listen, Coach Spurrier told us in the meeting, he's going to get you the ball early. Like, be ready. And I was like, that really solidified right there. I was like, I know Coach Spurrier, he got a lot on his mind, stuff like that. He might just be talking. But Coach Graham, when he told me right before the game, he was like, hey, listen, stay beside us the whole time. He's going to put you in early. Go from right. there. Because he wants to see what you can do. And I was like, whoa. So it was literally like the second or third drive. He put me in and literally gave me the ball. And I'm looking like, this is wild. And then he put me in again um, the second quarter. I got another run. And then, but each week, little things, he started building more confidence. And then that Arkansas, which you just spoke with, that's what kind of really broke it open. Uh, he put me in, I was like second, third quarter. He put me on a screen. Mm. And it's a really quick screen that we've been practicing. And then I made a few moves, uh, made a few moves, few moves, and then got out of there, squared out of there for that 48-yard game. We lost, um, but Spurrier, after that game, he told me, he said, um, I like what I've seen. And he was like, we're going to start moving you more, uh, using you more, and things of that nature. And that's when I really started really like, in practice, I wasn't even on scout team anymore. He took me off a of scout team and had to be practicing with the first team. And and that's something that haven't happened all year. You know what I'm saying? And literally from that, that 48-yard pass, I was strictly off a of scout team uh, from there getting reps with the first O in each game after that. I think the next game we played Florida and we started off in like this weird formation, but it, that was like my official first start when we played Florida. I got my first start where it's them. 
And I got like maybe two or three runs early in the first quarter with that. And then from there, he just started trusting me a little bit. Like I think in the bowl game we played, I was the second back on a depth chart and I got in the second drive and I'm playing a lot. I think I got like three or four carries that game. So going in, I was like, you know, he's really starting to trust me a lot more now. And I remember talking to my dad after that bowl game. He was like, yo, he he's really trusting you now. Like he's starting to see what you can do that sophomore year coming up. I mean, you better be ready. You know what I'm saying? Then I was like, well, we thought about transfer. What are we going to do? <laughs> and we talked to him and they said, you know, um, but this is before all that. And then I think Spurry said something. He's going to give me a scholarship. He asked mm-hmm. me what my plans were. I was like, coach, we're about, you know, I'm about to go. And I think he said something about the scholarship. And he was like, we're going to offer you a scholarship just to have you stay and go from there. And then the rest was history. I right. called those schools. I'm like, hey, listen. Coach Spurrier, you know, he offered me a scholarship based off that I had no intentions again because I was in communication with them thinking I was going there in January trying to get my paperwork throughout the season now. Throughout the season, we're playing games. My dad is taking care of my paperwork, making sure, you know what I'm saying, I can be enrolled in January at one of those schools, schools, uh, two schools. And I think I was just going to Georgia Tech at the time. I think, I think Paul Johnson, he was, I think the Navy coach or some, one of the Navy coaches was recruiting me there. He went down to Georgia Tech. And that's how I was going to go. So I was already in contact with them, just thinking. And then the season started picking up momentum. Spurrier offered the scholarship, and then that's how I stayed. For sure. So I, I want to get into that 2010 season really quickly, Bryce. But before I do, um, I want to ask about this, because you're a guy, obviously, five foot four. Um, so you're talking about playing SEC football, and it's funny, you're talking about hanging with guys like Melvin Ingram. and you, So you sort of knew the way the dudes in the SEC were built. Like, they're monsters, especially the defensive right. linemen, those guys up front. Yeah. Just just talk about playing as, you know, I'll just say an undersized guy. Did that ever motivate you coming up? Was that a chip on your shoulder? Because I, I was a former college athlete, and I played with guys that – um, were shorter, if you will, and they talked about how that fueled them, if you will, like and used it as a chip on their shoulder. I mean, did it ever, you know, did that ever occur to you? Did it, did it impact you at all? I mean, I, I know it's just something you just kind of grow grow with and deal with, but I mean, what what was it like for you? Uh, to be honest, not really. I, you know, even I, I mean, obviously, I knew my height. You know, what I'm saying, mm-hmm. even coming from like when Winston, where I was from, but I was always. Uh, just to say it humble, I'm not trying to not sound cocky, but I was right. always dominating at my size. So mm. the size thing really didn't matter because, um, like, literally since I was playing flag football, every league I moved up, I was smaller than everybody, but I was always scoring. Like, I'm literally 20 plus, 20, 25 touchdowns every year I, since I was like five and every year. So I knew I was short, especially like 7 a.m. Like, I'm smaller than everybody, but, you know, I'm still making it happen. You know what I'm saying? So it never right. pushed me too much because. All my life, I was already doing it. And then even with track, I was just – I was always winning and stuff like that. So, going with them, it was just more – it wasn't really about, hey, I'm small, trying to prove myself. I always had the confidence that I was – I knew I was good in football. Mm-hmm. I just – you know, my speed separated me too as well. Yeah. And I had vision. I had the moves and stuff like that. But, you know, the schools really didn't offer me like that because of my size. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But I knew if I had an opportunity, I could definitely do it. Um, so, uh, the motivation with me, with me is just, you know, I never, like, even with track, I have never been, like I said, trying to say humbly, I was always like the best player, you know what I'm saying, on my yeah. teams and stuff like that. Going to college, that would motivated me. Like, there was kids out there better than me, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no end. Like, when Lattimore came in, I remember my dad was asking me about Lattimore, and, because I was supposed to come myself when he was having a good season, I tell everybody to this day, um, there's always someone bigger and better than you. You know what I'm saying? And just because I was dissing that high school, 
might have been I might have been the man in my high school. It might have been the man in my city. But in South Carolina, there's guys that was the man in their city and the man in their state. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And when it comes together, I remember people used to go on and be like, man, you ain't playing much no more. You know what I'm saying? Why you returns? Is Lattimore really that good? And I look at him like, are you serious? Are you going to really ask me that? <laughs> is he that good? Don't you see him? Like, what you mean? Like, you know, he is that good. So I never hate on anybody. Like, if mm. someone's good, listen, they're better than me. It ain't nothing to talk about. You know what I'm saying? It's, it is what it is. Some people are going to be better than me. And that was kind of motivating me that just being at practice, knowing people, whether it's they're faster than me or they're better than me, like, I'm like, I'm trying to get what they at because, you know what I'm saying? I'm not there. You know what I'm saying? So that was more of a motivation to me to try to be where they are. You know what I'm saying? Like, listen, I, I need to be like him. You know what I'm saying? And that was to go like that. He was younger than me. He was a freshman, but he was better than me. It, it is what it is. And I wanted to get to that level. So more of the size thing, it really wasn't about that because I kind of, in my mind, that, that never really set me back or just made me motivated. It was just more seeing people that are better than me. That made me want to go. You know what I'm saying? Because like I said, in high school, I didn't see that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So... I'm just going with the flow, but when I see somebody better than me, it's like, no, I got to be better than them. I got to put in that work and stuff like that. So as far as the size things, my motivation was really just seeing people better than me. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That That's what motivates me. You know what I'm saying? Seeing them boys work hard, seeing uh, Kenny Mouse, he, he worked hard as well. Mm -hmm. And also just seeing the defensive side, them boys work hard, hard. Like um, DBs, uh, Swearinger now. Mm -hmm. them boys work 24 7 like them <laughs> boys work hard so that things like that motivate me you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. just trying to you know what i'm saying be the best person i can be and go from there so yeah yeah i was gonna say though you did make a big impact in 2010 you i think you started all 14 games you're the main uh primary kick returner 35 returns 713 yards average over 20 yards per turn yet again and obviously you were a big piece of that gamecocks team that went to atlanta went to the sec championship and bryce you're still you know, a, a member of the only team that's done so in South Carolina history. I, I want to ask you just about that 2010 season as a whole, the road to the SEC title. I mean, we, we could spend the entire show, we could spend hours just talking about that 2010 season and the Alabama game and beating Florida and going to Atlanta, all that great stuff. But just talk about your favorite memories from 2010. Again, you were a big piece of that. Like you said, you got to, you know, be in the meeting rooms and watch a guy like Marcus Lattimore blossom into the star that he was and Steven Garcia and Alshon and just the names go down. You know, some of the greats in Gamecock history, but you were a part of that ride and obviously made a big impact to South Carolina. Uh, went to Atlanta and took on Auburn. I know it didn't end the way you guys wanted it to, but uh, still the only Gamecock ball team ever in school history to do that. Just talk about that 2010 season a little bit. Um, uh, it was special. It was special. Uh, we knew we had a, a good team that year, um, and, and we had a lot of – we had some, our defense was stacked. Uh, our D line, we knew our D line was going to be good. Um, at that time, I think we had Lottie, you know, Devin Taylor, Melvin Ingram, Travian. The linebacker stacked with Shaq Wilson. I think Devontae was like the spur or or Antonio Allen and them. And we just had a stacked defense. So we knew the defense was going to, I'm talking about, yes, yes, you can go. Yes, you go. We had a stacked defense. Mm. Um, then offense-wise, we had the puzzle. We knew we had Lat Garcia was throwing a thing. Yeah, Alshon, Tory, uh, Mo, and stuff. We had we had pieces. You know what I'm saying? And that and that was a big thing that we had the pieces. Um, so we knew we had a good team. Uh, we just had to put it together and work hard. But that's one thing that I did notice: that team worked hard. You know what I'm saying? Mm. They had vocal leaders. T Camp was a super super vocal leader. Mm. Uh, and DJ Swearinger on the defense. T Camp was more on the offense side. And they were vocal leaders, you know what I'm saying? If you slacking, you know, they'll let you know in a heartbeat, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and 
And DJ was the more he'll get on you. You know what I'm saying? He'll get on you. T Cap is like he'll more of an encourage him, like, hey man, come on, you can do it, you can do it. DJ, he gonna get on you. You know what I'm saying? He's gonna make sure you're accountable <laughs> right. for what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? So we have vocalists with everything we did, but we knew it was gonna be a special season. We started winning games, things of that nature. Um, and then um going to the opposite the SEC championship. I, I do remember, I remember telling my dad, I tell a lot of people the story. No lie. Um, we was watching tape before the SEC championship and Coach Spurrier was just, he was showing us that game versus Auburn. Like, we really had them the first time we mm. played them. It was like a, a few fumbles, and I think in the, in the fourth quarter, and we was beating them by like 10 or something. A few fumbles and all the missed assignments that we had to have them come back. He was like, there's no way we should have lost this game. No way. So I was telling my dad, I said, Dad, let me tell you one thing right now. I'll tell you what, we are going to beat Auburn. And it's not even going to be close. I think they were undefeated at the time, too, as well. I think they're national championship. They were undefeated. Cam Newton was on a just, I mean, he was uh, whatever, the Heisman, you know, candidate, everything. So I was like, Dad, we're going to shock the world. Like, Spur and Ola had us as a team so hyped up for that game. We just knew we were going to win. Like, knew we were going to win. I would have bet my last dog was going to win that game. Obviously, <laughs> it, turned, it turned out well. No, but uh, that's how I knew that team was really, really that good mm. because – we were super prepared and they just beat us. You know what I'm yeah. saying stuff like that. But um that was um that was just overall a great season, you know what I'm saying? Chilling with the guys and we being that we knew we were good, you know what I'm saying? They were working. We we took some L's along the way, but a lot of us was young too at the time. So we knew we had another year going in and then I think it was that next year. Um they they really took off. I think they won like mm-hmm. maybe they Eleven lost like games, one or two yeah. games, yeah, something like that. So we knew we was yeah. building on something. We didn't lose a lot of people. They were all coming back. They were young, and we just knew that, like you know, what I'm saying this is gonna be this is gonna be a good year coming mm. up in the future, both from there. But that whole season, um, it was good. It was learning experience. We did take some L's, but at the same time, we knew like we're gonna be back. You know what I'm mm. saying? That was the main thing. We're gonna be back. We're young. We're just learning how to fix some things, and then we go from there. So yeah. Was Alabama your favorite moment of that season? I mean, I, I, it's, I feel um, like that's everybody. It's kind of by default. But you mentioned the Auburn game. Like I said, Cam Newton turned to Superman. But uh, yeah. no, it was, um, Alabama, uh, Alabama, I think I can't even get my years right. I think Alabama and the – well, I can't even get the real. Well, we 2010 Ole, was Ole the Ole big – was, 2010 was the big home win over Bama. 2009 was the Ole Miss game, the Ole Thursday Miss, night. Okay. Honestly, I think – the, well, the loudest, the loudest one was to me was actually that old Miss game. That was just really the birth loud. of sandstorm. Probably, the birth yeah, of sandstorm. I think it was man. that Thursday night vibe. Dark right. Alabama was huge too. Alabama was super, uh, super big that we beat them again. A lot of these games that that I take for granted, we were super prepared for these yeah. games. Like, I mean, we were super prepared. So we're kind of like the confidence. <laughs> It's not low. We're really mm-hmm. confident that we can beat these teams. You know what I'm saying? So even when they were number one with all, we knew they had it, but our defense was stout. So we knew defense was going to hold on. We just got to score. And Alshon with those catches, you know what I'm saying? That's a very hard combination because you couldn't double team. You couldn't really double team Alshon because you had right. Tory on the other side. And then Lat, you know Lat is going to run that ball. So mm-hmm. we had – you had to pick your poison with that. And then the, the plays, I remember just in the meetings – I'm like, yo, we're going to beat these cats. You know what I'm saying? I didn't think that every week, but how prepared that they coaches had us, we was prepared every week. We just had to go execute. And and if we execute how we're supposed to, we were going to win. No matter if they were number one, number two, we were going to win and go from there. So I honestly feel like there wasn't a lot of teams that was that much better than us. They probably just executed better than us. That's why I said I knew when players got older 
it was going to be hard to beat them because we're better, we're faster, stronger, and we know how to execute these things. So, yeah, but we were, we were really prepared for that. But that Alabama moment was huge um, for us as a team. We were super excited about it and go from there. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure, Bryce. I, I want to move into something a little bit different. 2011, uh, I was actually just looking at an old article. Just give fans an idea, because I even forgot about this too, just what happened in 2011, because I think from the article I read, there was like some over-recruiting and like your your scholarship ended up not getting on, because people don't realize when you get a scholarship, it's not like a four-year agreement. It's literally a year-to-year thing they have to renew. Um, right. Just give fans an insight, like I said, what happened, because that was something even I forgot about as far as yeah. your, because you, again, you were at South Carolina, like you said, till 2012, you graduated, which is awesome. You took care of business in that, in that regard. But what happened in regards to the scholarship thing and just as far as being on the football team, like what was the situation there? So honestly, um, so what happened was I had at the end of the season, going in, coach, I remember I talked to Coach Veronis and he was just saying, hey, listen, we signed a lot of guys. Now he said, listen, we're not, it's not saying we're, we're pulling your scholarship or anything like that, but we're just gonna put it on hold. I think we're doing. Everybody was doing renewals and stuff like that. Everybody was doing renewals for their scholarships. And then when I came in, mine, um, he was like, "Hey, you know, it's a year-to-year basis, but right now we're just gonna put it off on hold." You know what I'm saying? He says that like, we're not taking your scholarship. We're just gonna put it on hold and explore some options. You know what I'm saying? And just go from there. That's all he told me. And I was like, "What that mean?" He was like, "Well, like I said, we oversigned. He was like, we signed a lot of kids, but we're not taking scholarship. We just gotta figure out how we're gonna put you in there." That's what he told me. And I was like, all right, cool, that's fine. I'll just come back another day and just let me y'all keep me updated. But some time went by, and then I talked to my dad. My dad was like, well, listen, you don't want to get caught. You know what I'm saying? Basically, my dad, you know what I'm saying? He was like the person, my mentor, I always talked mm-hmm. to. Yeah. He knew about a lot of stuff. So he was like, listen, just in case, you know what I'm saying? He's reading the articles. He's saying it's a lot of oversigning. He was like, listen, you know what I'm saying? We can't wait till the last minute. Say we wait all the way to August, and then they'll be like, hey, we're not going to renew your scholarship. Then we're just stuck. <laughs> So he was like, you got to figure something out. You know what I'm saying? And that's what we kind of did. So can you wait one second? Mm, Hey, Braylon, no, sir. No, sir. No, no. You just do it when I'm done, okay? You do it when I'm done. Do it when I'm done. Wait, no, I'm on the phone, okay? I mean, I'm talking with you. I'm going to get to you in two minutes, okay? Yes, you can go play. So um, not far about that. So um, that's what they were telling me. So my dad was sitting here like, listen, it's taking a little longer than normal. We don't want to get caught in a situation where – they wait to the last minute because I think they were still waiting on other kids to figure out what they were going to do incoming freshmen. And some kids were lingering out. He was like, well, listen, if they wait to the last minute and then, you know what I'm saying? You locked in, you can't transfer nowhere. It's going to be too late. You know what I'm saying? He was like, listen, you're going to have to give them a kind of a decision what you're going to do, or you have to go ask them, hey, listen, what you guys going to do? I don't want to be in a situation where I'm caught in the hole right two weeks before school start and then you don't renew my scholarship. You know what I'm saying? And they was just saying, like, listen, we can't – we're just up in the air right now. We cannot commit to it. You know what I'm saying? And that's how it all went down. It was like, you know, if they can't commit to it, then we have to figure out. But I think eventually what happened is um, I think we was doing summer school or something like that. And since they didn't recommit uh, to it, mm. I had to pay for my – like, my summer school. And, and then my dad was just like, man, it's just not – it's not looking good. And then eventually it was like, we had to kind of pull the plug on us. Like, listen, man, we can't wait this long. We might just transfer out. We got to find other options or something like that. And that's what happened. And then um, they eventually did, I guess those kids that were over uh, signed, they didn't come in. They never came in. So the scholarship was still open. But at the time I was like, you know what? It's just not nothing. You know what I'm saying? The season really not going right. well. I think we had new coaches come in and stuff right, like right. that. 
and my playing time started going down. I was like, you know, it's just best for, you know what I'm saying, to spit ways right. and go from there. And then I learned like maybe two or three weeks before school started, those kids didn't sign. And then when those kids didn't sign, they gave like some of the walk-ons uh, scholarship, like Marty Marquette, you know what I'm saying? They mm. gave him a scholarship then. He was just a walk-on for two years. So right. uh, eventually, if I would have probably just waited it out, then I probably would have still been signed again and played again. But at the time, I just didn't know what was going to happen. And my dad didn't want to get me locked in a situation where if he waited all the way to a week before August to let me know I don't get my scholarship, then I'm going to be out of luck. So that's what it happened. And when, when we decided, hey, we're going we're gonna to go to a date. If we don't have about a date, then we're just going right. from there. So that's what happened. So kind of just part ways, both ways. But it was more of that oversigning thing. And they just didn't know if those kids were actually going to sign or not. And it was kind of pushing into the next school year. And I had to make a decision on what I was going to do and go from there so yeah. yeah no yeah makes sense makes sense Bryce. no it makes yeah, so sense that's, for sure so that's what i was i know yeah. media was saying oh I, I quit or things like that but no it was it was really about the scholarship issue uh they just didn't know what they were going to do they were waiting on other high school kids to figure out what they were going to do and these kids were i guess as they should linger and taking their times mm-hmm. trying to figure out what school they're going to do and it was putting mine on hold just to see what they were going to do yeah. so, was so yeah i got you well, yeah, Bryce, before I get you out of here, I do want to talk about, because you mentioned Shane Beamer a little bit earlier in the mm-hmm. show, and obviously <clears throat> right now everything going on with the Gamecocks, you know, a coaching search is happening. It sounds like I think within the next week probably you're going to have a new coach hire, and it seems like Shane Beamer is the hot name right now. A lot of the momentum, I'm sure you've seen your former teammates like Steven Garcia, Pat DeMarco, uh, DJ Swearinger, Melvin, they're all voicing their support. Devontae Holloman voicing their support and their vote of confidence for Shane Beamer. I'll ask you, just talk about Shane Beamer, your takeaways from him when you were at South Carolina. Um, maybe if you want to give your thoughts on you, if you think he'd be a good fit for the job, but also just what do you want to see from the next head football coach at South Carolina? Is there anything specifically, particularly for you, being a former Gamecock, being an alum, that you would like to see for the next head coach? Any qualities, you know, uh, as far as uh, scheme, what, whatever it may be. What are the things you want to see from the next head coach? Uh. Honestly, man, I think I was telling like somebody. I think I tweeted not too long ago. I have not. I'm not. I'm a. I'm, I love my game, cause don't get me wrong. But I don't, I don't watch too much, but especially when the pandemic hit. I, I haven't yeah. been really watching sports like that a lot. Anyway, but before all that though. Um, I know we're having some bad season. I still get all the ESPN updates. Again, Cox is one of my favorite teams, so I get all the right. updates and stuff like that. But as far uh, – I'm big on Coach Beamer. Coach Beamer mm-hmm. gave me a chance. Like I told you, Coach Beamer is the first person that called me uh, or talked to me, seen my highlight tape, and gave me a chance to ask me to come out there. He told Sparrows to get in touch with me, but Shane Beamer seen my tape first. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And go from there, yes. So uh, I'm always big on Coach Shane Beamer. He talked to me. He gave me the chance. He put me out there. You know what I'm saying? He was the first person to put me out there on special teams to really trust me. So I'm huge on Coach Beamer. You know what I'm saying? He gives guys an opportunity no matter what you look like. Yeah. You know, if you're tall, you're big, you're small, he's going to give you an opportunity. Hey, wait one second, one second. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. No, you're good. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. I got five more minutes, okay? Hey, tell them you can No, no, no. Uh, I'm, I'm back. Okay, yeah. yeah, so I'm huge on Shane Beamer. But as far as a coach, if they don't, uh, you need a, a coach who's going to relate to the players. You know what I'm saying? You got to be – kids got to want to play for their coaches. If you got somebody that's strictly taking the, taking the fun – no, taking the fun out of everything, then it's not going to be good. So they got to be a, a players-type coach who's going to relate to them care about the kids and go from there and I know that's what Beamer gave to to me personally I don't know about everybody else but I can speak for myself that that's what Beamer did for me mm-hmm. he made it work he he gave me confidence he encouraged me 
And if I had a question, he I went straight to him. I did see something about, I think I said a tweet about Jay Graham as well. Coach mm-hmm. Graham, he did a lot as well. I don't know if he would be like an assistant or something like that, bring, her, bring him in or anything like that. But um, I, I'm big on Beamer. Um, I don't know other candidates, anything like that. And of course, I'm gonna be biased because you know he was our <laughs> coach. But you know he was a part of our culture when we were winning. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. knows what it takes. He was around. He knows what it takes to get there. You know what I'm saying? And and being that also, you gotta think about with former athletes. You know what I'm saying? Not just myself. I mean, more like you know what I'm saying the DJ, like you said, Pat Demarco. I ain't heard from him in a minute. I hope he's doing well. Um, when you hear the guys from like that, um encouraging to go from i think if i was an ad i would listen yeah. to that you know what i'm saying i know you got to make your decision but i would definitely listen to Furman, uh especially nfl players you know what i'm saying yeah. they come back they talk to players these high school players they're watching these kids you know what i'm saying they like these guys you know what i'm saying so if i was the ad i would definitely listen to these guys because again um you know that's they're they're at the forefront like people i've got like two thousand followers i'm not really you know the famous but mm. people still follow these guys you know what mm. i'm saying so you want to when when DJ or Pat DeMarco and Garcia and these guys say something about Beamer, I definitely just need to uh, put that in the equation and, and try to make something work. So uh, I'm all for Beamer. Um, just want I just want somebody to change the culture. You know what I'm saying? We haven't yeah. been winning lately, and and that's not really a good feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I hear a lot. Oh, your team on TV, y'all get smacked. <laughs> you know, saying something like that, <laughs> um, and that's not a good feeling all the time. Right. You know what I'm saying? So um, I definitely want a coach that's gonna go in there change the program around and, and make things happen. But at, at first you got to care about the kids, make sure you're a coach for the players. And, and so they can buy in because if, if they don't really trust you or feel you like that, they're not going to buy in. It's going to be very hard to win. But I do think coach Beamer has been around that. And I think he's been in Oklahoma a few years too. So mm-hmm. I know they were yep. winning around there. He's been around uh, some winning cultures, you know what I'm saying? So I think that's definitely an opportunity uh, for him to go. And I hope uh, the AD, most definitely look into that and, and make Beamer a coach. Those I definitely support Coach Beamer. Yeah, well, I'd say, Bryce, I think if I had to put my money on it right now, I, I think Beamer is going to be the guy, j- just to let you okay. know from what I've been hearing. I mean, I, I think it's come down to him and Billy Napier, and it sounded more and more to me. Like, and like you said, you know, I, I was tell, I was actually talking to Tori Gurley about this, and I told him, no offense, but, I, you know, I don't think South Carolina should do everything that you guys tell him to do. But in this scenario, when you're getting the vote of confidence from the Lattimores and the Garcias and the Swearingers and – the list yeah. just goes on and on of the best to ever do it at South Carolina. It becomes really hard to ignore unless you have sure. just another guy that's just stand out. We have to hire him. Why not roll the dice with a guy like Shane Beamer? Like you said, all the former guys love him. We're talking about, like you said, guys in the league that love him as right. well. So last thing before I get you out of here, Bryce, your favorite memories from South Carolina, maybe like Spurrier stories or whether it pertain to you, one of your teammates, on field, off field, whatever. Um, yeah. Um, um man. I, I don't know. I, I it's a lot of good memories to be honest with me. It's a lot of good memories that I had um with Coach Spurrier. I can't really nail that one. I I think our overall experience is like when we're beating Alabama and when we're beating uh Ole Miss, those were big uh AOs to me. So I think those were really big for me when we beat both of those teams. Um I, I just enjoy the overall moments and not just one yeah. thing. I just enjoy being with my teammates. I'm I enjoy watching the movies with my teammates uh before the games. I remember a coach had us watching literally we watched Secretariat for like <laughs> three weeks in a row. Like we'll go to the movies or something like that. And coach will have us watch a movie. And we usually watch a we get to pick our own movies, but no lie, three weeks in a row, coach is like, Y'all gonna watch Secretariat. It was like, yo, coach, like, why are we still watching this? You know what I'm saying? And he was like, it was a message to run your own race. Mm. And that is something that I still take to this day. 
um, with everything I do, even when I'm working with my kids, I always say, just run your own race. When I'm doing things with the youth in sports, just run your own race. Don't worry about anybody else. And and I and that's so funny because I always think about how he made us watch Secretariat so much. You know what I'm saying? I was mm. like, you know, just run your own race. Don't worry about anybody else. You know what I'm saying? What God has for you, that's what you do. Don't worry about anything else. Just run your race. And that's something that I always will take from um, from Coach Spurrier, uh, those moments when he had us watching Secretariat. And only the third time I really understood what he was trying to say, run your race, because I was definitely tired of that movie. But um, just having the good times with those guys, still communicating with them, seeing them guys excel in the NFL is, is really good. And just seeing them, even the guys not in the NFL, seeing them become fathers, you know what I'm saying, seeing them get married, you know what I'm saying, it's having kids. It's just, it's, it's a beautiful thing, you know what I'm saying, just to check up on them guys and see what they're doing in their careers. And just to still speak to them on social media when I get a chance to see they're doing well. That's just that's just a brotherhood that I, uh, that we have and I always have in my heart and go from there, so yeah. For sure, well Bryce, I appreciate you taking the time, man. I know I speak for all Gamecock fans when I say, man, it was a pleasure to watch you do what you did and watch you guys, again, part of the only team that's ever gone to Atlanta for South Carolina. Hopefully that changes soon, um, but obviously it's gonna be a next interesting couple of weeks. And you know, I think right. fingers crossed for a lot of us that Shane Beamer does get the job. I think it'd be great for South Carolina, and again, having the the you know the the support and not not that you're gonna have not that you're not gonna have it either way, but truly having like you said, bringing the culture back, bringing the standard back, and getting South Carolina to know what to what the levels we know it can be at. But Bryce, appreciate you taking the time, man. We'll have to do it again soon for sure. All right, no problem. Thank you again, Paul. That's all. So like I said, no, I'm, you're fine. Uh, you're fine. Yeah, my my child is, I got a lot of kids coming in and out, so the parents are coming and dropping them all. So yeah, uh, sorry about all that. But uh, thank you. I appreciate you giving me a call. Uh, definitely, Gamecocks. I'll be following everything just like that. And and hopefully, you know, if a Beamer do go, I'll go to game. I honestly have not been to a game since I left. Uh, have not been to a game. Uh, I've been to homecoming, but I never go to the games actually. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I think, and also in the culture, I think I went to try to get the one game, but everybody was so different. I didn't even know who to contact, right. you know what I'm saying? So um, now that Beamer, if Beamer does get hired, that'd be something I'll definitely look interested in and, and mm-hmm. go out there into a game and go from there. For sure. Be awesome. Well, yeah, again, he's Bryce Sherman. I'm Chris Phillips. We appreciate you guys tuning in, and we'll catch you next time on the episode of the Spurs Up Show. Headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. 
My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. 